You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, as I said yesterday, um, I skipped all of the press conferences, and there's a lot of them. Um, So that's what we're going to do today. There was no Packers training camp, but I want to go through a lot of people who have gone to the podium and kind of go through some of the things they've said. We've had Matt LaFleur, I believe, three different times as well as Preston Smith, Mercedes Lewis, Chris Barnes, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Dean Lowry, Eric Stokes, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devondre Campbell, and Alan Lazard. That sound good? I don't know exactly how long this is going to take. Again, if I just read it in a line, it'll go pretty quick. If I'm interjecting commentary, which is likely, this could take the whole time. Um, Also do have some notes, news and notes, uh, Green Bay Packers related, as well as scouting all the other 31 teams out there and their training camps and those kinds of things. But I'm going to save that to the end because for those of you that aren't interested in it, I'll just give you fair warning and you can bail and be like, all right, I've heard enough. I'm out of here. But we'll start off. And again, we're going all the way back to Tuesday now. No, Monday. But we're going to start with Matt LaFleur and some of the comments that he made, starting off with a... uh, I happened to catch who tweeted it, so I'll give credit to Mr. Ryan Wood. Accidentally copied too much. (laughs) I could do that more often. By the way, just uh, signed up for YouTube TV again, and I'm very excited about that, so I'll be watching football and all those kinds of things. Now I'm even getting pop-ups. Hey, if you want to check out Inside Training Camp Live, which I don't. I watched a little bit of it. It was quite boring, Um, but, you know, it's still cool that I can do it if I wanted to. I just don't feel like it. Packers coach Matt LaFleur says tight end Robert Tunyon, quote, has grown as much as anybody in our time here just as a complete player, and I think there's more out here for him, unquote. He says Mercedes Lewis's veteran leadership is a big reason for Tunyon's development. Now, I've been, um, I can never remember, is Bull or Bear good or bad? I don't know. I feel like Bear is bad because I'm biased and I don't like the Bear, so I'm going to say he's been bullish. Boom, Googled it. Bull is on the rise. Uh, Bear is when something sucks for like 50 years. Pretty pretty sure that's the definition. And will always suck. I, I didn't catch the end of the definition there. It was on the next line. Anyways, I have been bearish. The dating market is, shall we say, bearish. See, it's a word. But I've been bearish on Mr. Robert Tunyon, largely because, first of all, the biggest reason that he's been so hyped is the touchdowns. And that is not something that generally continues for a very long time. And if you take the touchdowns away, there really isn't much... To go on, right? It's like Kevin King had a good 2019. Did he or did he just have like five interceptions, which makes it seem kind of good, but ultimately he got beat constantly. And uh, if you take away just like three of those interceptions, then it's, it was really just a bad year. So again, I've been down on Robert Tunyon, but there's no question how much the team really, 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 really likes the guy. And I've been talking about DeGuara and how important he is to the team, but obviously Tunyon is even more so a part of what um, Matt LaFleur wants to do. And and when Rodgers really likes you and LaFleur really likes you and Hackett really likes you, and, and yeah, I mean, the guy doesn't drop anything ever, which is great, it still lends itself to some optimism, some bullishness. So I guess I'm kind of torn on Mr. Tunyon. On one hand, when I just look at what he's done, I basically just say, I've seen this story before. He's a guy that gets hyped up constantly, but just kind of you know, it is what it is. He's decent. But there's also the signs that you get from everybody else on the team, which is pointing to, I don't know, he seems like he might be quite good this year. So I'm a little bit torn, but it's still a, uh, I'm I'm glad that we have him. And considering how bad most of the tight ends are that we've had, I don't really, I'm not going to fight you on Tunyon being better than basically every tight end we've had for the last forever. I mean, I, 
I might fight you over Bubba Franks. Otherwise, <laughs> that's about it. Bubba's my dude. Otherwise, I have no allegiances. But it is, it's still just, it's good to see. Take that for whatever it's worth. Another guy that is almost in the exact same camp, except I just have really very, very, very little faith, is Chris Barnes. And I know a lot of Packer fans already think he's a great linebacker. And again, I won't fight you. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna politely disagree with you. But uh, Lafleur on Barnes, he did it the hard way as an undrafted free agent. "Quote: He just continued to battle. He's a very instinctive player." I believe there was more to this. That was the only comment that I felt the need to copy and paste, or maybe it's just in the later notes tomorrow or something. I don't know. But he talked fairly extensively about him and how much he really likes him and how good of a job he's done and how much he trusts him and that whole thing. So again, I think it really just comes down to, and this is just my speculation here, he's exactly the type of linebacker that they want. Exactly the type. And he probably has a great work ethic and a great attitude, and he's probably really intelligent. The problem is I don't know that the execution is really there. So it might be a no-brainer for them, but I still feel like it's one of those things where it would be great if we could find somebody that is everything that Chris Barnes is, just a little bit better at, at executing. But maybe I'll be proven wrong. I don't know. I, I just know he's an undrafted free agent that really... I mean, he had some highlights, and that's why a lot of Packer fans really like him. You see those big splash plays, and people freak out and say he's great, even though that was the, you know, the last time you said that and saw a big splash play was like four weeks ago. But, you know, whatever. Uh, another note that I took here, which was a little bit disheartening, Matt LaFleur acknowledges the cap uncertainty around Preston Smith early this offseason, but pleased to have the veteran pass rusher back on a pay cut, of course. Quote, he's a bona fide pass rusher, and he's versatile too because he does a lot of things in coverage for us. No, Matt, he did a lot of things in coverage for us, but we're not doing that anymore. That was the correct answer, and you messed it up. Way to go. Way to go, bud. No, I'm kidding. He, he meant what he said, and the point is, if you thought he wasn't going to drop in coverage anymore, apparently you were mistaken. Matt LaFleur on Stepniak retiring, quote, I respect Simon at the highest level. I appreciate all the work he's put in. He worked hard coming back from an injury and doing a lot of good things. He had to make a decision that was in the best interest for himself and his family. I don't know what's going on with all the retirements, um, but you got to do what you got to do, I guess. I don't know. I guess if your heart's not in it and it's becoming pretty clear you're just not very good at this thing, you just kind of throw in the towel. But, um, I mean, take it from a lot of the other guys. Even if you just make it up as a, as a backup, if you make it on a backup for some team, you're going to make a lot more money than I'm making doing this dumb podcast, I can tell you that. Podcast plus my full-time job, that was, that was implied. Finally, LaFleur on Elton Jenkins handling left tackle, quote, he's just an exceptional player. Not, uh, there's not much he can't do. We probably can line him up uh, tight end. Maybe we will. So that was like the biggest takeaway is the whole tight end thing. I looked up the stats. He's never been used in that capacity. Not only has he not been used as a receiving tight end, he's never been lined up outside of tackle as, a, as an additional um, offensive lineman, which you may remember I mentioned when I was looking at the alignment for college players, pretty much every single one of them has been lined up outside of the tackle at some point. I was shocked to see how often offensive linemen have been used in that position. Elton Jenkins has never been used in that position. Not saying they wouldn't, but I just, anyways, it, it doesn't seem like much of a thing there. But I do want to say, I had a lot of questions last year about Elton Jenkins' at tackle, a lot. And I kept swatting them down, and I kept saying, it's not going to happen. He's, you know, he's fine, and he can handle it, and that's cool that he can do it. But this is a, you know, my thought was, the closer you get him to center, the better, right? This is a all-pro center, a pro bowl guard, and a starting tackle. He's dominating at tackle right now. Now, it's just training camp, right? That's the, the ever... Ever, uh, what do you call it? Ever caveat. Just, 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 let's just, let's just keep moving. But he, but he is. And so I forget who it was, but somebody on Twitter had mentioned that David Bakhtiari won his job essentially because Brian Balaga got injured. He was the left tackle. Bakhtiari slotted in there. He was dominant. And they're like, look, Balaga, why don't you just go to the right side? Now I'm not saying Bakhtiari is going to go over to the right side at all. However, I don't think we have a right tackle locked up. And although I do think once Bakhtiari comes back, they're going to move him back to guard, I just, there's part of me that's wondering if at some point, because I think Elton Jenkins is going to be a real good player, a real good Packers player for a really long time, if at some point he doesn't end up at right tackle. Possibly even this year if things go haywire at right tackle, because again, we've got some guys that I think can slot in at, at guard. We know Billy Turner can do it, and we know John, John Runyon can play left guard. So we're set pending injury, but even beyond that, we've got just such a massive pile of guys. 
And granted, some of them are not going to be very good, but so what? So this is more of a long-term projection more than anything, because I do think that obviously Elton, I shouldn't say obviously, but it, it seems fairly straightforward that he's going to be starting at tackle. Um, and then when Bakhtiari comes back, I do think he's going to go back inside, but we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but if he continues to play this well at tackle, I just have a hard time believing you take a Pro Bowl tackle. Let's just say that that's what he is. You take a Pro Bowl tackle and put him at guard. Not to diminish guards, but there's a reason that high-paying guards are getting like $12 bucks and high-paying tackles are getting 20 I guess that's kind of unfair. Scherf is getting 18 now, but still, I mean, it's the number three guy's getting 14, all right? I, I don't I just 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 saying I may have been incorrect on that. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Moving on to Preston Smith that Monday. Quite a few comments from Preston. Um, his first comment, uh, Preston Smith says, last year's dip in production was because of what he was asked to do, not what he was capable of doing. He says, Kyler Fackel's departure before 2020 meant fewer pass rushes for him, more drops in coverage. I'm sorry, but that's a terrible, terrible excuse. It just is. I mean, he's, he's mostly owned the fact that he had a bad year. He's owned it, right? He's like, I took a pay cut because I had a bad year. But then for some reason, he comes out and he's like, look, the reason I wasn't good is because Fackrell left and they had me doing a bunch of weird stuff. That's nonsense. You know how I know it's nonsense? Because I can look at the stats and the grades for PFF based on what you were doing. So I can look at how many pressures you got when you were trying to get to the quarterback. Not because you dropped in coverage, when you tried to get to the quarterback and your pressure percentage was pathetic. So, you know, I'm just, again, I'm not buying it. As a run defender, he was really bad. As a pass rusher, he was really bad. In coverage, he was really bad. There was nothing he did well. So I expect him to bounce back. It looks like he's starting to take things more seriously. I think the pay cut is a great sign that he humbled himself and realized, look, I got to take this seriously as a contract year. That wasn't a great year. I can't just, you know, expect to just be a freak and step up and, and just win. You know, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where as you get a little bit older, these younger guys are just getting faster and stronger. I got to just be better and I got to hone my craft so I can get paid. And I think he's going to. I don't think he's going to be elite. But I think we might be able to get a 2019 version of Preston Smith back. But I again, I, this, no, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. Uh, he goes on to say his uh, Preston Smith effusive on his praise for Joe Barry and his defense. Quote, he knows how to put playmakers in a position to make plays. Most of these comments, I'll be completely honest, I'm just dismissing. I, listen, if you want to get excited, get excited. That's fine. I, we heard all this about Patton. We heard all about Patton. He's so hardcore and he's bringing a different energy and he's bringing all this stuff and it just... Well, he wasn't, you know, okay. I mean, it's a different thing that they're excited about, but it's just, it's more noise. At the end of the day, it's what I said yesterday. NFL offenses are going to attack you. Do you know how to stop it? Do you know how to attack them? It's it's a lot about game planning. It's about adapting. It's about, as he says here, knowing how to put guys in a position to make plays. We'll see. Justin just messaged me, uh, DeGuara was activated off of Pup. If he's messing with me, I'm going to be real upset with you, Justin. I love you, but I'm going to kill you. <laughs> don't, don't mess with me. Let me check the Twitters here. Sure enough, Rob Domofsky, Packers tight end Josiah DeGuara, has been medically cleared and is off of pup. He tore his ACL in week five last season as a rookie, so he's, he's a little less than 10 months out from his injury. I thought today would be better. It's not. Buckle up, folks. Anyways, there's some good news for you. Continuing on like nothing happened here. Again, uh, the, the defensive coordinator thing... I'm I'm just I'm just waiting and seeing. That's it. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm not buying into the whole he was on bad defenses, therefore he's a bad defensive coordinator. That doesn't necessarily check out. It doesn't give me a ton of optimism, but it doesn't really check out. Um, but also the you know the guys like him. He's jumping around. He's screaming. He's bringing energy and all that. That's that's cool. Um, I, I you know we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Preston Smith says he took a pay cut to come back to Green Bay because the Packers have been so close to the Super Bowl the past two seasons. He wants a chance to win a ring. Makes sense. Good to see. Uh, Preston Smith calls Rashawn Gary a physical uh, freak athlete on the edge. Now he says the game has slowed for him. Quote, he's shown a lot of growth. He's not making steps. He's making big leaps each year. I think that's a fair assessment. His first year, you saw a little bit of a flash, but it was mostly just pure rawness. Last year, especially down the stretch, he was actually able to put some of that together, string together some really good games, including some really dominant games, but mostly in terms of pass rush, although there were like two games where he had like an elite run defense grade. But kind of like I've said about Kiki, put it together, right? You've seen the flashes over here and the flashes over there. Put it together and do it a little bit more often, and you got yourself a great player because right now it's just a lot of 
It's like fireworks. It's a it's a big bang and then it just sizzles. Fizzles. Fizzles and sizzles and, and pops. Is that a cereal? I don't know. Packers outside linebacker Preston Smith said he did a lot of cardio that changed his diet, came to camp leaner than he was. He said it wasn't related to how he'll be used in Joe Barry's scheme. Sorry, Blaine, for ignoring your call. I'm doing the podcast. I'll be honest, that did cross my mind. You know, every once in a while you have guys kind of lean up or whatever based on what your role is going to be, but it uh, sounds like he just took that into his own hands and said, I, I'm getting a little, little husky here. I need to trim up. Uh, he goes on talking about Rashawn Gary saying, quote, calling it now, he's going to do some great things this year. You don't see young guys improve as fast as Gary has the past two years. So i pff, not going to get an argument from me, Preston. I am um, uh, cautiously optimistic is, I think, of a phrase that I could use for everything, either cautiously optimistic or cautiously, cautiously pessimistic. I'm, I'm hesitant with all these takes, like, eh, maybe. But I'm, I'm leaning toward maybe, but probably for Rashawn. Preston Smith on his personal goal for 2021, quote, not to have that year again, to be better than I was last year. Pretty succinct. So again, he acknowledges it was not a good year, which is the correct take. Uh, Preston Smith played under new Packers DC Joe Barry in Washington when he was there. On Barry's lack of success as a defensive coordinator Green, before Green Bay, he says, quote, Joe has been playing on some stank defenses since Washington. Not entirely sure what that means. My first thought was stank, meaning stink, meaning bad i.e. it's not his fault that that team is so trash. However, after Washington was the Rams, and the Rams have had a very good defense. So I, I guess stank is a good thing. I don't, I don't know. We'll move on. Finally, Preston Smith says he was tempted to turn down the Packers pay cut request, quote, because I understand the business. I, don't have a, I didn't have a great year the year before. He says he's pleased his pay cut helped re-sign Aaron Jones, made the team stronger. So that's all around that's pretty awesome. Um, I don't think he's directly saying he took a pay cut just to keep Jones, but he is saying, you know, again, for his sake, number one, I didn't play very well, which means not only do I quote unquote deserve it, but he's probably not going to get a lot elsewhere. So you can either take a pay cut and stay with the Packers, or you can be released and go sign elsewhere and not really make very much more money than what we're going to give you. Maybe a little bit, but not very much. Secondarily, though, as a result of me taking a pay cut, it helped to sign Aaron Jones, and that's a good thing. That's how I'm reading that. Not to take away from him being a good person. I'm just saying I think that's what he means. Next up, Mr. Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis asks what motivates him to keep showing up for voluntary workouts in NFL season as a 37-year-old tight end. He says his mom had him at 15 years old, and what he saw her go through keeps him grinding. It's he's just That feels like exactly the answer he's going to give. You know what I mean? He's just such a... I mean, he's only like a couple years older than me. I feel like he's 50. There's something weird about when a when a player reaches, there's like NFL years are like dog years. Like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is like 60, you know? Tom Brady's, I don't know, he's like 70, I'm pretty sure. These guys are not that much older than I am, but he's got like an old soul. You know what I mean? He's like this old wise man at the ripe, ovo, ripe old age of 37. <laughs> so stupid. So weird calling him old. I'm, 30, I'm gonna be 35 pretty soon. But it just, it, that's just what it is, you know? He's been around, he understands, very wise, very hardworking, very mature, and it just feels like this is exactly the kind of answer he would give, right? I grew up and saw struggle, and I know what I'm going through, and it's not struggle, and there's no reason why there's ever going to be a day where I'm going to wake up and not work as hard as I possibly can to be better. I've already acknowledged if I was Aaron Rodgers, I would not be there. Rodgers is a better person than I am. For all the trash I gave him, He's there, I wouldn't be. I'd still be on the beach. I'd be sitting there, I would have gained 48 pounds, somehow eating almost nothing but pineapple, still would have gained 48 pounds, probably horrible heartburn, just horrific. With that much pineapple, are you kidding me? I would have bought my fourth house while sitting on the beach, just like on eBay, <laughs> and I'd just be, you know, frittering my life away like it's nothing, because what else I got to do? I guess travel to go see the houses once in a while, go back to a different beach. Maybe buy a beach so that other people can't come and just put a fence up. Be like, sorry, my beach. I don't know if you can do that. You can probably do that. You can buy an island. Maybe I'll buy an island. I don't know. Point is, this is a different level. The guy doesn't need football. He doesn't need anything, but he just he doesn't understand any reason why you wouldn't just work. And I like that. Mercedes Lewis on Rogers' situation, quote, I think everybody was nervous, right? Me being close to him, there were times we didn't even talk ball. We talked life. But hindsight is twenty twenty. We're here now, and I'm happy that it is that way. Again, we're well past this, but for the last three stragglers that still refuse to acknowledge there was any issue, there's Mercedes Lewis saying, I was nervous, right? So, I mean, 
I think we're all there, but you know, whatever. Goes on to say, quote, we're going to be tough to be, uh, we're going to be too, (sighs) got this. We're going to be tough to reckon with. Is that even how you say that sentence? Am I an idiot? I might be an idiot. We're going to be tough to reckon with. I think that is right. You ever have that time where you say a word and you're like, is that a word? I don't think that's a word. Ballistic? That's not a word, is it? Do I say, do we say that in, in the English words? I don't know. Anyways, it goes on to say we've got a team full of dudes. And they do. He's right. Fantastic football team. Mercedes Lewis on eventually putting the pads on, quote, that's when guys turn into dudes. So he's, he's uh, I almost said he's into dudes, but that's, that is not what I'm trying to convey here. He likes that, that uh, phrase, dudes. I don't, I don't know. It's a thing. I feel like it's a bar stooly kind of thing. I don't know. Finally, Mercedes Lewis says, quote, it's kind of hard to say, unquote, what Jordan Love will be. Love needs reps right now. Lewis says last year Aaron Rodgers didn't uh, just take all the one reps, but a lot of the two reps gives you an idea what the Packers have seen or not seen so far with Love. The last part was commentary. I don't exactly know what it means, but that was what I actually said yesterday about Aaron Rodgers taking all the snaps. Either way, Mercedes clearly recognizes he's not there yet, which I think is assumed, right? Justin Fields looks good. He's not there yet. Trey Lance looks good. He's not there yet. But whatever he's going to be, he's not there yet. Uh, Chris Barnes didn't have a lot of notes on what he had to say, but a couple things. Chris Barnes says he was, quote, super heavy last year. Didn't realize how much weight he was carrying. He dropped 10 pounds over the offseason, down 235. I feel a little bit faster, which is great. Probably. I don't know. Finally, Chris Barnes, who grew up with Jordan Love, says, interesting note there, uh, there were times this offseason he wanted to check up on Love just to make sure he was okay. Every time he did, he saw that Love was handling the offseason well. Barnes says Love was a pro about everything. So I don't want to downplay how big what we see out of love is um obviously and i do believe the packers want to keep aaron Rodgers. we'll see how that all plays out but let's just pretend for a second that that's not going to happen what we see out of jordan love and, and granted there's still a season to be played and maybe they can glean a little bit from jordan love but there is a distinct possibility that if aaron Rodgers is traded with this pile of picks that we get is um some potential motivation to move up in the draft. Now, maybe they're going to give Jordan Love a year. That way we get a lot closer to the front of the draft, and uh, we'll see what happens. But again, just like with Jordan Love, if somebody's kind of in striking distance and you've got 700 first-round picks because of Aaron Rodgers, and you can get up to, like, pick seven, and, um, you know, Matt Corral is sitting there, maybe you pull the trigger. I don't know. Point is, he's got a lot on the line. I've been... In favor of Jordan Love insofar as we need to give him time and we need to see how it goes and he's got all the tools and it's a matter of can he develop. Like I said, if he's going to make it anywhere, he's going to make it in Green Bay. That doesn't mean he's going to, but this is his best shot. So as silly as it seems, because he's not even the starter yet, I think this is kind of important that he at least shows that he's, if nothing else, made a lot of progress. Something to, something to keep in mind. Uh, Matt LaFleur on Tuesday now, moving on to the Tuesday press conferences, Packers coach Matt LaFleur on what he tells rookie Eric Stokes, who has been taking his lumps first 12 and 17 in camp, which again, I'm going to interject here, it's not just 12 and 17, it's everybody. Uh, quote, I just try to reiterate to him that you're going against the best at their position in Aaron and Devontae, so there's going to be some tough moments. Packers, uh, <laughs> Packers LaFleur says they continue to prepare to start with uh, without David Bakhtiari until they have a clearer timeline of his return. I don't know why that needed... I don't know why I even put that in there. It doesn't need to even be said. But what... What what are we digging for here? I know I'm, I'm the idiot that put it in my notes, but what could have possibly been the question that needed to be asked here? I don't know. Anyways, uh, LaFleur on Randy Ramsey, that was not a good injury. Key player on special teams and quality depth at outside linebacker. Quote, I feel bad for him. Hopefully we'll get him back at some point. I kind of talked about that a little bit yesterday. Injury looks pretty bad and we'll see what happens. Matt LaFleur states, what has become obvious? Rookie Josh Myers will, quote, most likely be our starting center, unquote. He's taken first team reps since he arrived after the draft, following in the steps, uh, footsteps of fellow Buckeye Corey Lindley, who was a day one star. Was he? Was he? I got to look that up. So according to our lads, which is also my recollection, J.C. Treader uh, started over Corey Lindsley. And I think Lindsley might have also been one of those that stepped in during injury. Let me check PFF just to make sure I'm correct in that. Because it may have ended up being day one. Maybe it was in the preseason Treader got hurt. I don't know. Sure enough, week one against Seattle. 
That is not my recollection at all. Because I, I remember being a huge fan of Corey and wanting him to play. And again, maybe it was just that he wasn't the guy in camp early. Yeah, there you go. It's in his uh, Wikipedia. 2014, Lindsley was initially supposed to be the Packers' backup center, but an injury to expected starter J.C. Treader late in the po- in the preseason made Lindsley the surprise start center for the regular season. So I'll give you half credit for that one. It's not exactly the same. He only started because of an injury, and then he kept his job. I kind of thought it was something like that, because I remember really wanting Corey to be the guy, and I've mentioned it before for a stupid reason, because he benched a lot, and I was like, that's kind of cool, and I want him to throw people around. And uh, the rest is history. Finally, Packers have already seen Eric Stokes' elite speed in practice. Matt LaFleur mentions go ball, rookie, covered, mention What is this sentence? Anyways, quote, he was running step-for-step with Marquez, who in my opinion is one of the faster guys in the National Football League, unquote. A rare skill set for the cornerback position. So, and again, this, this means very little to nothing to me. I like that he's fast. That's cool. I'm glad MVS is fast. He's not a great wide receiver. Eric Stokes is fast, and I can pick out probably nine or ten really fast corners that aren't very good in football. Um, it's cool, and it's going to help in some way. Uh, Kevin King, by the way, is extremely fast. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bust. I, I said yesterday he's just he's got to take some time and learn the position. I'm not trying to be too down on him, but again, this whole thing of trying to make it seem rosy, like oh he's so fast, I don't care. It's just a matter of how long is it going to take for this to stick if it sticks. And you just, it's its really only been a couple days, right, of, of being picked on by, again, the best quarterback in football and a bunch of experienced guys that know the offense going up against a defender who has no idea anything about this defense. So we're really just watching for him to turn a corner at some point and then hoping it sticks. And we had that with, you know, Darnell Savage. He turned a corner and it's like, please stay, please stay. And he stayed. Rashawn Gary turned a corner kind of at the end of last season. You kind of hope he hangs on to that. You just kind of hope when you turn a corner, it's not a fluke. You really turned a corner. Anyways, I think I'm going to take a break here. We're halfway-ish through this, so we'll take a break. We'll go through some of these other press conference dealy jobbers, and we'll see where that leaves us. Uh, again, if you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can do that for as little as $1 per month. If you would like to support the Palmer Home for Children, you can check on my Twitter, the pin post, or go to the Packernet podcast facebook group the one of the posts pinned to the top is the palmer home for children there's a link to donate if you can't find it just reach out to me and i will get you set up also as several people have done if you'd like to just send it to me via venmo or whatever um, i will do the donation for you so you don't have to deal with credit cards any of that stuff just be like here's here's five bucks and i'll be like cool and i'll set it up something to keep in mind let's take a break and we'll be right back We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Next up on the docket, we got Mr. David Bakhtiari. This is still Tuesday's press conferences. Uh, David Bakhtiari on whether he'll play week one, quote, not going to set any dates or expectations, unquote, says he's itching to get back, doesn't like seeing other people do his job. That, to me, is very up in the air. I don't think he's going to start, but it has been mentioned that it's possible that he will. Week one seems unlikely, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, as we learned, obviously, the Packers are preparing for the possibility that maybe he won't be there, which talk about forward thinking. Uh, he goes on to say he has not had any hiccups in his recovery, so that's promising, and it is very promising. Uh, I mentioned yesterday how Dak Prescott apparently has had a setback. That's not good. I mean, a setback, I, that that can be... You know, setback a week, could be month, could be serious damage. I don't know, but no setbacks is, is an important uh, little side note. David Bakhtiari on possibility of starting season on PUP. Quote, I think we'll address that fork in the road when we get there. That's a bigger question than week one because starting season on PUP costs a minimum of six weeks. So if you see he gets moved to the PUP list um, starting the season, then it's really, really serious. But I really would doubt that because he's expected to be back earlier, and I don't know why, unless there's been some serious setback, why they wouldn't wait. I, You know, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. Packers' David Bakhtiari says he's told Elton Jenkins he wants to help Jenkins, quote, become the best Elton he can be, prepare him for in-game situations, quote, he's a dog straight up. No question, and that gets reiterated by basically everybody. David Bakhtiari and how rare it is for a guard to kick out the left tackle and not be a liability like Elton Jenkins has done, quote, I think there's only a handful of guys that can do that, and he's part of that handful. He says it's a mix of football IQ, athleticism, and feet that make it work. Now, I just want to reiterate something here, um, and I think I've talked about this before, but some people are not super high on on uh, Josh Myers. I saw that, what's his name? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to figure out who he is because I don't want to promote him because he's basically just turning into a clickbait D-bag. But anyways, he went on and said something to the effect of how the Packers uh, wasted their second-round pick because the guy's not good. Elton Jenkins, there's nothing he did in college that would lead you to believe that it would be obvious or even likely that he could be the guy that he is now. Everybody now is going to act like, oh yeah, he was always a stud. Never. In fact, if if when we drafted him and I looked at his grades and everything else and that he had done, and it's um, essentially looking at it saying, there's, I don't know why he's so special. The point is when you're, when you're evaluating talent, it's got to go a lot deeper than that, especially when you're talking about trying to understand who's going to be able to make the leap and uh, first, well, make the leap from pro, college to pros, also fit our scheme, also has the, you know, we sat down and had one-to-one conversations with these guys. Do they have the right mentality? Are they intelligent enough? Do they have the right demeanor to be in our locker room? Do they have a good work ethic? Do they want to play football, Stepniak? Packers did a lot of homework, and they hit a home run with this guy. Continuing on, David Bakhtiari's first impression of an oversized center, Josh Myers, quote, what's your deal? You're either a terrible athlete or a bad football player, because why are you playing center if you're six foot five? He proved me wrong on both of those, unquote. So again, we've heard from uh, Mercedes Lewis about Jordan Love. And essentially what he said is, we'll see what he turns into, meaning he's not where he needs to be right now. David Bakhtiari came out and said Josh Myers basically is where he needs to be right now. And again, center is not quarterback. Um, Defensive tackle is not cornerback. These things require different amounts of time and and whatever. But he doesn't have to come out and say this. And we've heard now um, Aaron Rodgers single him out as far as one guy that's really impressed. We've now heard David Bakhtiari basically say, and I know the question was asked of him. It's not like he solicited this, you know, unsolicited, but he called a rookie who has no experience, a six foot five center, a essentially a great athlete and a great football player, right? Because he said he thought he was going to be either a terrible athlete or a bad football player. And he proved me wrong on both. That's high praise from the best tackle in football. Uh, Bakhtiari on Josh Meyer says, uh, though I will not say he's my favorite center from Ohio State. He's off to a good start. Going to take time for Corey Lindsley to not be missed around here. 
uh, goes on to say, there's not enough words or time to express what Randall Cobb means to the locker room. Bakhtiari says he still has a photo in his locker with Cobb from his rookie year in 2013. So, again, you know, it, some of it is silly because it's kind of touchy-feely and it doesn't really mean very much as far as football is concerned. But if you look at what some of these other teams are going through, and I've said this now three days in a row, the Packers are just a different entity. They are a playoff caliber team, and you can't say that probably about even half the teams in the NFL right now. There's some real good ones that are going to get in the way. Tampa Bay, the Rams, the Bills, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? The Vikings, perhaps. Not saying the Bears. Sorry, Bears fans. Not saying it. But there's just, they're in, they're in a good spot right now. Uh, moving on, we got Elton Jenkins. There's just a couple notes here. Elton Jenkins says he's be he's been focusing on left tackle all offseason. He's still more comfortable at left guard, but he's had months to prepare for the possibility of starting week one at blindside left tackle. Elton Jenkins asked uh, about Matt LaFleur, maybe joking about putting him at tight end. No surprise, Jenkins is all for it. Quote, get out and catch a screen, catch a corner in the end zone, something like that. Yeah, I can get a screen 30 or 40 yards. I think they just got to do it. You know what I mean? I mean, if you want to wait until, I don't know, you're playing the Lions and we're up by 17 and there's three minutes left, that's fine. But you just, you got to break it out at some point. At this point, you just got to do it. Finally, Jenkins says it won't be difficult to transition back to left guard when David Bakhtiari returns. Quote, I think I've got that position down to a T, so right now I'm focusing on left tackle, trying to get those small things to help out. Next up, Dean Lowry. Again, just a handful of notes here. Packers Dean Lowry says Joe Barry is, quote, very detailed in what he wants for a run defense. Again, I mean, I'm I'm sure he said that for a reason. All right, I'm sure there's something about the way he goes about things where it's like, this is uh, this is awfully detailed. And so when he was asked about Joe Barry, that's what came to his mind. But again, a lot of this is like, okay, I don't, I don't, is that good? I don't know what that means. I know theoretically it is, right? But does it translate? I don't know. Packers defensive lineman Dean Lowry says Elton Jenkins' transition to left tackle has been impressive. Everyone keeps talking about Jenkins' feet. Out there on an island, Lowry says Jenkins' athleticism really shines. Dean Lowry said these, uh, the advantages he's seen in Joe Barry's defense for him is that he can play numerous positions on the defensive line. There will be room to move him around for better matchups. He said that's true for some of the other defensive linemen as well. That's that's pretty big. Now, if you remember when I did the interview with Coach Hahn, one of the things he mentioned is he he suspects that they're going to move Kenny Clark around a lot. Now, my assumption, and maybe I'm wrong on, on both accounts, but I think Coach Hahn was talking about post-snap and Dean is talking about pre-snap, but either way, there's probably going to be a healthy amount of both. And again, what I like is that, again, theoretically, and like Coach said, you know, you, you get more splash plays, but you're probably going to have a lot more negative plays as well. But rather than being so static and saying, you stand there and this is your job, it's about, okay, where can we put you so that you just wreck stuff? And Kenny Clark is a wrecker. And I feel like he was largely used to be a two-gapper as opposed to a wrecker. And you don't pay a guy as much as you're paying Kenny Clark to be a two-gapper. That is an absolute waste of money. I'm not saying never, but if you're going to pay him that much money, you're making him a gap shooter right? If you're taking on two guys, fine. Push them into something. Do so- I don't know. Do something. So I do like that this is apparently, according to Mr. Dean Lowry, it's going to be, we're moving the chess pieces around to be more of an attacking defense as opposed to being a stationary, I don't know what Patton was trying to do defense. Finally, Packers Lowry says, Slayton already brings his size. Next is working on technique. And again, that's kind of what I've, what I've been saying. What we've learned about TJ Slayton so far is that he's a massive human being, and that is a big part of what he needs to be. But so is Snacks Harrison, and he didn't get on the field very much. And the biggest reason I believe that's why that is is because he just wasn't really understanding what was necessary and what was needed of him. We saw Dean Lowry in on situations where Snacks Harrison would have been perfectly ideal. Right, obvious running down situations, but Dean knows what Petten wants and, and Snacks maybe didn't. So it's cool that he can do that, and I'm sure he'll get it rotated in, but until he learns um, what needs to happen and what his role is, and and like he said, the technique aspect of it, here's what I want you to do, when I want you to do it, and how I want you to do it, it's going to be a little bit of a while. Next up, Eric Stokes come to this, comes to the podium. Packers first-round rookie Eric Stokes says one of the things he's learned from covering Devontae Adams in camp is you've got to zero in on a wide receiver's eyes, all the herky-jerky motion, but the eyes give away. Obviously, it's not working yet, but it is good to see that he's getting coached up on stuff like that. You know, I mean, he went to a big-time program with some big-time coaches, and those guys know their stuff, and he comes here, and already he's got stuff that's sticking out in his mind. It's like, oh, wow, that's, I didn't know that. Thanks for that little tidbit. 
Goes on to say that Stokes went to car- Target and got a bunch of snacks. Everybody's interested in that story. I don't really know why, but apparently that's his job because he's a first-round rookie, got paid a bunch of money, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Eric Stokes not buying MVS's belief that he's the fastest player on the Packers roster. Quote, he can go ahead and meet me on the line, Stokes says. Uh, he loves MVS anyway. I'll be honest, I kind of want to see that. Don't really care. At the end of the day, I just want you to shut the guy down. It's a lot of corners that MVS gets lined up across from. He's faster than most of them, and he doesn't beat most of them. So, again, better, not faster. But I still want to see the race. A couple days ago, Aaron Rodgers had a moment with Stokes on the practice field between team reps. Rodgers and Devontae Adams had been making plays on him. What did Rodgers have to say? Stokes said, quote, he pretty much just told me that he's going to keep making me better. Aaron Rodgers talks about that a little bit, and we'll get to that uh, momentarily. But um, it's an important position, and I'm sure there's just a part of, like, this is just the process, and you're a rookie, and we want to pick on you. But I also think Aaron Rodgers understands, first of all, he's a first-round rookie, but second of all, how unbelievably important that position is. He knows full well that that was a big part of the reason they lost to Tampa Bay. He also knows full well that if you want to, somebody asked me today, if you can go out and get a free agent, what position would it be? And I said, I think it might be corner. I know we just drafted Stokes, but I don't know if he's going to be ready. And if you want to take this team to the next level of being absolutely unstoppable, you get a guy across from Jair that is a lockdown corner, or at least a very, very good corner. And I don't know what you do. When you got Zadarius and Preston and Rashawn and Kenny rushing the passer, when you've got Jair and unknown player and the two safeties playing DB, and on offense you still have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and and, uh, Amari and Randall and Lazard and the whole crew, the one big thing, and I know linebacker is important and finding somebody next to Kenny is important and all that, but I still think it might be corner. Uh, Rodgers understands how important it is. Not saying he agrees. He obviously agrees with me, but um, I think he's applying pressure because at the very least, we got to get an answer and we have to fix that spot. And if he's not it, I'm going to punish you until you basically go out and get me a free agent. And let me just posit this as a theory. There's been some open lines of communication. Aaron Rodgers presumably has made his, his uh, feelings known as far as what he wants this team to do. It's not impossible that Rodgers has said, why don't we just go out and get a corner? Furthermore, and I've mentioned this name a couple times, and I know he's having some issues right now, there's still a guy out there that has dealings with Green Bay from time to time. He has a doctor out here that is friends with Aaron Rodgers. They've talked about working together. I'm guessing Aaron Rodgers knows if he picks up a phone, it's going to be a done deal. I think Richard Sherman could be here. And again, I know he's going through some legal stuff and some emotional stuff and all that, doesn't have to be Richard Sherman, but the point is, I could see a situation where Rodgers lobbies for a guy like Richard Sherman, who, make no mistake, you can say he's declining and all that. You make Richard Sherman the number two cornerback on a football team, that guy is going to light some stuff up. And you talk about his energy and all that. Plus, that's exactly who the Packers want. They drafted Kevin King because he's a Richard Sherman-esque kind of guy. Eric Stokes is a Richard Sherman-esque kind of guy, big and fast. So I'm not lobbying for Richard Sherman. I'm just saying, I think that may be part of it. I mean, can you imagine the scenario Aaron Rodgers says, hey, why don't we go out and get a corner? And Gutekunst is like, you dummy, we just drafted a corner. And he's like, oh, did we? Well, let's see how that pans out. And he punishes the guy for like three straight days. Just embarrasses him. Not necessarily saying it's a bad thing, just proving a point. This guy isn't ready. Just a conspiracy theory, just talking. No big deal. Just talking here. We're just talking. We're friends. Anyways, uh, moving on to Wednesday's uh, press conferences. We have Lafleur once again. Uh, Packers coach Matt LaFleur said that linebacker Kamal Martin suffered an injury that will sideline him temporarily, but the plan is to play him at both inside and outside linebacker. Kind of talked about that. I think it's weird, but whatever. Do what you got to do. Let's figure it out. Packers are just holding walkthroughs today and Friday with two hard practices in between on Thursday and Saturday for family night. Excited for family night. Biggest news. Biggest news. Coach Matt LaFleur said there might even be some 11-on-11 at family night. He put emphasis on Mike. Listen, I'm, I'm really torn on this. I've already said the most important thing is getting out healthy. I've said that. I don't know if I believe it, though, <laughs> because I miss the old family night, 11-on-11 family night. That's what it, it was, a game. It was a football game. And at some point, they said, this is too dangerous. It's silly. We're not doing this anymore. We're just going to make it a televised practice where cameras pan back and forth between J.K. Scott punting and Aaron Rodgers throwing into nets. It is the least exciting thing you'll ever see in your life and the stadium will be full, because <laughs> Packer fans are crazy. But I would love it if there was some 11-on-11. 11 11. Really, really. I mean, some teams are already doing it, so it's not like it's this crazy thing that nobody does. And I'm not saying just a straight-up scrimmage, you know, you versus us. It's just some 11-on-11, 11 11, like most teams have already done. 
Anyways, continuing on, LaFleur says he loves Kamal Martin's aggressiveness, but as far as him practicing second or third team so far, he said that Martin has to earn his way onto the field. Again, I, I don't get it, but whatever. From early going, it looks like Chris Barnes, Devondre Campbell, and Ty Summers are ahead of him. That makes me sick. But anyways, um, moving on. Ask LaFleur about Preston Smith believing his coverage-heavy role led to his pass rush production in 2020. He said Smith has had, quote, great energy and effort to open camp. Quote, I think it's showed up on tape. I think if he continues with what he what the production is going to, whatever. Point is, he basically said, no, that's BS. <laughs> if we're being honest. Think about it. I mean, look. Preston's like, hey, uh, so they put me in these positions, and that's why I wasn't good. And they're like, hey, so Preston said he wasn't good because he was playing a lot of coverage and stuff. What do you think? And he's like, Preston has great energy, and he's a great dude and a good brother. Have a great day. He completely just dodged the question. In other words, come on, dude. (laughs) No, absolutely not. But he's not going to call his dude out right then and there. So anyways, I found that to be funny. Then next up to the podium was Aaron Rodgers. Starting off, Aaron Rodgers says Randall Cobb living with him uh, for the time being and said he's got a lot left in the tank. Added, quote, he's in a really good headspace mentally, so that's got to be kind of cool for Rodgers and Cobb to be living together. Or it's horrible. It's like uh, Jim and um, Daryl living together. And Randall's like, apparently Aaron's got to let the dishes soak, you know? Rogers said Jordan Love may not ask a lot of questions, but he said he knows he's watching everything. He said he can tell Love has been honing his skills during the offseason. So, again, I don't know the question, but I kind of talked about this yesterday. Everybody's pointing out how he's spending a lot of time with Benkert. And I said, I, I got $4 that says I know why. Because Kurt is asking a lot of questions and Aaron Rodgers is answering them. That's why. Continuing on, Aaron Rodgers... Uh, on up-to-date relationship with Packers GM Brian Gutekunst, quote, I think it's a work in progress for sure. I think relationships aren't formed in a matter of a couple days. There's time where respect grows and the communication follows. Obviously, it's been more than a couple days that these two have been together, so he's kind of talking about ground zero, right? These things take time. In other words, we're down to zero, and we're trying to rebuild something, and uh, we're not there yet. In other words, things aren't great still. Roger says it's important for both he and Gutekunst to want to have a positive, healthy relationship. Quote, we've had a couple conversations. They've been positive conversations. So great. Wonderful. I kind of don't care anymore. Aaron Rodgers says he's been a, quote, kinder and gentler quarterback to Packers rookie center Josh Myers, then Corey Lindsley. Quote, so apologies to Corey, but there's nobody I enjoy writing and teasing more than Corey Lindsley. Okay, I'll leave that alone. Packers Aaron Rodgers, quote, the lines of communication are fantastic with Hackett and LaFleur which again, you throw that in there, and I know it was a question asked, but it just feels like a continued dig at Gutekunst, right? How's the communication with Gutekunst? You know, these things don't happen overnight. It takes time. How about with Hackett and LaFleur? Fantastic. Perfect. Couldn't be any better. (laughs) Basically took no time at all. Day one, I love those guys. Aaron Rodgers says nobody on the Packers defensive staff has asked him to target Eric Stokes versus Devontae Adams, but he wants to test the rookie. Again, uh, quote, just because I wasn't around OTAs, I don't know how he looks and what he's got. He says, uh, Rodgers on the wide receivers who stick with the Packers, quote, there has to be something that they do exceptional, says maturity is a common theme. Elaborating on that, Aaron Rodgers on what he wants in a wide receiver, quote, alignment and assignment. Do one thing right. Have to do something exceptional. Very secure with who you are. Be a professional in preparation on the field. Packers' Aaron Rodgers says he reached out to Love multiple times this offseason considering his feelings with the noise surrounding the team because that's what he would want in those shoes, quote, I have a lot of respect for Jordan, uh, respect and love for Jordan, and recognizes similarities with the Favre situation. So that's kind of cool. I mean, he knows that a lot of stuff's getting kicked up, and it's not fun for him, but especially not fun for Jordan Love, because obviously Aaron Rodgers is fine. Brian Gutekunst is fine. Gutekunst is not getting fired. He's set. He's trying to figure it out, but he'll be fine at the end of the day. Aaron Rodgers, if he retires, he's fine. If he comes back, he's fine. If he leaves, he's fine. Jordan Love is fighting for his life, and Rodgers knows what it's like to be a quarterback and not knowing if and when you're going to start and how things are going to go. You don't even know if you're good at football at a pro level, and here they are having this little pissing match. So it's kind of cool that he reached out and was like, hey, uh, sorry about all this big guy. (laughs) Rodgers mentioned the defense is playing, quote, more free in various spots on the new Joe Barry defense. Rodgers was some high praise for MVS, mentioning that he isn't someone you have to, that he isn't someone you have to worry about. He's going to be where he needs to be. I think I misread that quote when I first copy and pasted it in here. Um, Basically, it's just a trust thing with him. Just a couple notes on uh, Devondre Campbell. Packers Devondre Campbell says the leagues today develops tight ends that are basically extra wide receivers on the field. That requires skill set and speed to cover. The Twitter shorthand is brutal. 
but nothing we didn't know, right? Tight ends are basically wide receivers. Linebackers have to cover tight ends, so they kind of have to cover wide receivers, so they kind of have to be corners, and, you know, we get it. Devondre Campbell specifies that he's primarily been on tight ends and coverage more so than running backs, but he can cover backs as well and will do whatever is asked of him. Finally, Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard, quote, I think we got the best receiver room in the league easily. I don't know that he's necessarily wrong. I don't know that he's right, but I don't think he's wrong. And at the very least, most people are way off in their underestimation of the room as a whole, not just Devontae, the room as a whole. Alan Lazard on Barry's defense, they do, quote, really good job of disguising, unquote, and, quote, not tipping their hat. Again, I, you know, that's a good thing. I mean, we've heard about Pettin basically being wildly uh, predictable, which is really unfortunate. I didn't hear about that until after the fact. Just recently, that's been cropping up, how people kind of knew what was coming. Uh, we heard uh, Kelly over from Tennessee basically saying they knew exactly what the defense was going to be doing. That nonsense needs to stop because that's exactly what was wrong with... Uh, Dom Capers defense. Everybody knew. Finally, Alan Lazard on Aaron Rodgers quote, he's not a quarterback. He's a professional thrower of the ball. If you really watch this and study the film, just the way he's able to throw the ball uh, in a lot of body positions, it's not recommended by coaches. The passes he makes are unbelievable. I don't know how that first part is a compliment, but it is what it is. I feel like quarterback is a more professional and uh, nice sounding name than professional football thrower or whatever he said. But anyways, that's it. We're all caught up finally on three days worth of press conferences. Um, Obviously, we don't have time to go over all the training camps for other teams. We'll save those for another time. But um, we are really, really getting down to it tonight, as in your tonight. There is a football game. Very excited. We get to watch football. It's not going to be interesting, but you can watch people throw footballs at stuff. Uh, we got more training camp. Uh, We've got family night coming up. It's, uh, it's, It's going down, man. It's officially, officially going down. But anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.